0: All right, let's do this like Brutus, episode twenty-seven, T-pop the pod. This is Kevin Cray,
1: and I'm Steve DiMaselli.
0: Steve, here we are again. You know, all the good times of April have evaporated, and we're in the the we're in hell of May here. Uh, and this is yeah. coming off of a Pirates eight nothing win, where they made a pitcher who had a sub two eight. A- Sub two ERA uh, looked pretty bad today, um, but it's still only their third win
1: of the month, I believe. yeah
0: Which that is bad, is it? No. Yes. Yes. Which is Ugh. which is really bad. But hey, yeah. wins a win, uh, and we just got to get through this terrible month, and hopefully June will get them back to respectability. But um, whose turn is it on the uh, the old safe space tonight?
1: believe you're up
0: nice all right i got one so uh here we are on may 17th of the year 2023 and Derek shelton i know you're listening i know you listen every week uh i hear through back channels you're a huge fan i beseech you whenever connor joe is starting in the lineup please for the love of all that is holy bat him lead off and this is not going to be an anti-Kabrian Hayes screed. It could very easily go into that, but it's more of a pro-Connor-Joe screed. Uh, Much like Brad Pitt in Moneyball, when he points to Jonah Hill, what does he do? He gets on base. And right now, his uh, on-base percentage, I believe, is three fifty six, which is, you know, right about where you want your leadoff guy to be. Uh, And Cabrian Hayes currently has an on-base percentage, which is uh, much worse. I believe his on-base percentage is uh, sub-300 right now, Um, just to kind of go with what's been going on with his poor season. But again, let's keep it positive. Uh, I just like what Connor Joe's been doing this year. He's been taking really quality professional at-bats, and uh, he just gets on base more than Cabrian Hayes, and that's really what it comes down to for me.
1: Yeah, Kevin. I hear you.
0: Thanks. Yeah, I decided to kind of keep it, uh, keep it a little positive this time. So yeah. Uh, all right. So, look, like we kind of said in the uh, in the open, May's been rough. Uh, we can talk about Mitch Keller's amazing start on Sunday. Probably mention it later on in the three stars section, but. Uh, Man, it's been it's been bleak. So, do you have anything else we can talk about besides the actual on-field product?
1: Maybe, and and I'm just throwing this out there. There's nothing there's nothing prepared for this in advance. I just want to be very very clear. But uh, maybe we can just talk crap on Pirates fans.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm always down for that. Um. So. How do you want to? How do you want to approach this one?
1: So I, I think that there are a certain type of of pirates. I, I think there's. I think there's a, just certain types of pirates fans. Just like certain subsets of pirates fans, and they, and, and they just fit neatly into different boxes. Um, I, I threw some in the rundown. Do you want to go ahead and just uh, set me up with some of these? Uh, set me up with some softballs and uh, yeah. And 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 uh, and I'll try to hit them out of the park. All right. So your first one here you have listed is baseball experience fans. Yeah. So these are the people that just kind of that uh, they go to the game because they just enjoy baseball and they like doing like ballpark things. They're just they're there because you know it's just it's it's just a, a good time. You know they're. You know and they they, they they are concerned with the outcome and obviously they'd much rather see the Pirates win than lose. But at the end of the day they're not going home and, and, and unhappy and they may not follow the team all that much in between games. So um, so I think even within this even within this group of fans, I think we have some sub demographics, okay? So I think the first sub demographic is is the functional alcoholic um and and they are the people that are just looking for an excuse to drink on a Tuesday night um you know then from there i think that we have uh people that uh that their dad was you know from Pittsburgh and they just they're just back in town and they want to have a, themselves a premany sandwich you know so those type of people i uh, and then we also have we also have current dads who are you know just trying to take their kids to games so they have a special childhood you know, really great dads. And we also have mediocre dads who are just trying to uh to, to take their kids to games so they can pat themselves on the back on the way home and say that they did something today. Wow.
0: Uh so <laughs> before you got into the subset, like when you're still like the baseball experience, you you had my wife like perfectly pegged. And then you got Oh into- yeah. And then he got into functional alcoholic, and I'm like, "Uh oh, don't say anything! Don't, don't, don't say anything! Be,
1: you shouldn't even be bringing this up right now." I, I know. So yeah, but I would say that she she fits in. I mean, maybe I should. Maybe I was wrong in saying great great dads because I think that there's plenty of. There's plenty of women and, and moms out there that that want to do the same thing for their kids too. So maybe she fits into that category. But you know, but I, I think there are definitely people. And I, I'm 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 lo- I'm taking the lowest denomination or you know or lowest common denominator for these these experienced fans. Yeah, there's a lot of people that just go to games and just want to hang out and just be there and you know get some sun or get. Um, you know, and like I said, maybe get a drink, you know, you know, they don't have to tie one on necessarily, you know, but, um, you know, they're just there, they're there to hang out with friends. They really don't, sometimes they barely walk the game, you know, they're cruising the concourse and things like that. You know, I I would 100% say that my wife fits into this category, but I I think she's so generally disinterested that it's hard to even call her a fan. So I I don't think this is unfair. I don't think that's unfair, but I, I mean, like really that, that that benign version of what i'm describing is really you know that that's really what and what and what your wife is that that's really what the baseball experience fans are
0: so the guy that was like hanging out with us last august when we cooked up this crazy idea yes. for yes. a podcast after about four beers sure he, he was um he was like a casual racist uh
1: right yeah you know Very, just just you know, does he throwing it out there does he yeah. toss does he fit into this category or? yeah he's 100 percent the casual baseball yes. fan like he he doesn't even he wasn't even a pirates fan um he was just a, a fan of Ra- you know, I, racism. I, I can't remember what team. Well, yeah, and I wasn't gonna say that. I can't. He was just a fan. Of, he was just a fan of baseball. I think he was a Phillies fan, if I remember correctly. I, I don't know it, that guy. I can't remember. He just
0: like materialized but, out of nowhere. I think he lived on a yeah. houseboat. I don't know.
1: And then he disappeared just as quickly. It yeah. was incredible. So it might have been a shared um,
0: hallucination.
1: No, he was there. But, it was real. Okay. So,
0: all right. So, <laughs> uh, category number two you have here is roller coaster fans and. I can pretty much imagine how this one's going to go, but I'll let you uh, let you have the floor.
1: Yeah, yeah. So these are um, we. You talked about these guys in your in your couch a few weeks ago. Like these are this. I think these are fans that are really dedicated and they really want success and they. But they really just kind of can't handle the lows of of a 162 game baseball season, you know. So, mm-hmm. um. So so there's these jubilant jubilant highs and these just like. Deep, deep freak out lows. You know what I mean? Like, um, honestly, these are the people that are evidence that Pittsburgh is a football town because if you lose five games in a row in a football season, it's pretty much over, right? So, and and I think unfortunately they do apply that logic to not just baseball, but also hockey as well, too. You know, like if the Pens drop five games in a row, the season's over, and that hasn't really been true except this season, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I I mean, the I think that there's, like, two different types of people that kind of fit into this category, all right? So, um, and I'm not going really, I'm I'm not going off the weeds on this one. I'm not going to, this isn't going to be as, like, uh, this one's not going to be as bad. So, but they are the, uh, I think these are people that are, like, new to baseball. Like, I think a lot of the people that fit into this group are, like, your sort of 20-something Pirates fans who just really haven't been around A team that's competing as adults yet so i think that's that's fair i I also do think i I think they're still learning baseball but i think there's also people that are kind of still that maybe have a lower threshold for 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 learning and they just kind of you know they're they're not going to quite ever get there you know what i mean like i think this is kind of like the classic version of a yinzer in my opinion Mm -hmm. like the 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 yinzer fan in the sense that you know they they just there's just not enough. They, they like know the basics of the game, but there's just not enough there for them to like fully get over the hump and, and just sort of be like a stable fan. If that makes sense. Yes,
0: it does. These are the guys that were, you know, after the pirates went 20 and eight in April and they lost, yeah. they lost like their first game. They're like, Oh, I can't believe this. You know, here, yeah. here we go. And, you know, it was like, right. Like they had a crystal ball. that could see May coming, but you know, these are the guys that, like, after a five-game win streak and you lose a, a game, they're, like, freaking out on Twitter. But, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, straight haters.
1: Yeah. So these are the guys that watch every single game so they can just crap on the Pirates when things go badly. Mm. And and you know these. You've, you've experienced oh. these people, right? Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a very strong subset. Here's the crazy thing. They know baseball. Oh like, uh, yeah, these guys are pretty knowledgeable. Like you get into an argument with one of these guys, and they, they're going to raise some really, really good points. I mean, they're they're gonna you know they're gonna make some good arguments. They're gonna make some bad arguments, um, but they are they they know what they're doing. You know, um, or they know that they know what they're talking about. It's just their motivation is just weird. You know, it's just like they they just they hate the ownership or they yeah, hate you know the pirates. That's what so much. Say. Yeah, you know. It's almost like they just have nutting derangement, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that there's some fringy people that, that don't really follow the team that fall into this category as well, too. Like, people that, like, grew up in, like, the late 90s. Um, people that are roughly my age that just like, they, they won't even give the pirates a chance either, you know? So mm-hmm. they don't follow the team to crap on it, but I, you know, I, so I think that's another subset here, but I mean, I can't really call those people fans though, either. Cause they just don't follow the team. They're really not fans at all. They're just people that live in Pittsburgh that, that just hate the team that actively hate the team, but don't actually follow the game. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Okay. So I'm looking over this, uh, this chart and, I'd like to say that this is where you and I are going to fit in, yep. uh, until you <laughs> come out with a subset that's basically like, oh, by the way, these guys are complete psychos, but um, diehards.
1: Yeah, so um, so these are people that might complain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I okay. do think that we're, I think that we are mostly level-headed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, people that get baseball. Um, uh, and, uh-huh. and I mean, the reality of it is is we are ride or die. We are not going anywhere. That's right. at all. You know, there's just there's not a chance. Like we are, we we are probably the maybe the most intelligent and baseball learned group out of all of these uh, out of all of these subsets. But we are also the stupidest, or at least stubbornest, yes, as well too, because we just won't we just won't give up. Like I mean, there's definitely some seasons where I'm like, okay, I I'm I'm checking out for a little bit here. You know, like yeah. I, I mean, twenty. 2021, um, oh, yeah. for sure, there were long stretches where I paid absolutely no attention to baseball. And, um, you know, but I, I mean, you know, there were, um, but yeah, I, I mean, you can't get rid of us. I mean, the, the, the slightest glimmer of hope and we're recording a podcast. That That's what tells you. <laughs> that's what tells you the level of diehard that we are. And, and you know.
0: So it sounds like a lot of masochism is involved in this category. Yes. Uh, Correct. So, yeah. Correct. So about that rider die aspect, uh my now 9-year-old son, he's on a a baseball team this year and mm-hmm. his team, complete with an actual MLB version of the hat, is the Yankees. And oh. uh yeah. Yeah. So whenever he's up and he does something good or his team does something good, I shout out go blue. And he's always like, okay. why don't you say go Yankees? I'm like, well, I will never cheer for the Yankees. He's like, but it's me. <laughs> I'm like, well, sorry, you, uh, you got put on a terrible team. So we had to have that talk. And uh, he now likes it. Uh, he's offered me $20 to say go Yankees. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I might take him up on it if things get a little tight. But, uh, yeah, go Blue.
1: My, my favorite thing about kids is when they try to bribe you yeah and and they just get the bribe completely wrong like it's like 20 bucks might still be a lot to him but my goodness that's twenty dollars isn't gonna get me to change my behavior for anything right exactly. so I mean like seriously so he, anyway okay so I, I I'm really curious about this next one.
0: uh just weirdos
1: yeah. So, these guys are along the lines of the straight haters, mm-hmm. um, except I'm not really sure that they're functioning human beings. Ah, uh, um, yes. You know, so these are the kind of people that are going to... Um,
0: be on message if, boards?
1: If, yeah, they're going to be on message... Not just be on message boards they're going to, like, be the people that get banned from message boards. <laughs> like, they're they're not, they, like, they get, they're the people that get stuck on a topic and just drive it down people's throats every opportunity that they get until they, like, until everybody's, like, fine, you can't be part of this weird community, like, this already baseline weird community. You're too weird for it, you know? So these are the people that create, like, troll accounts to, like, tr- just, just to go after, like, marginally, like, popular bloggers. You know what I mean? Like if there's a venn diagram of residents in pittsburgh that like that 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 like baseball but that you'd also say sure it makes sense if they committed a mass shooting mm-hmm. this is your overlap
0: yes this is the qAnon section of the fan base
1: yeah right so i mean or i mean yeah just just your conspiracy theory in general types yes, you know yes. so i i mean this is this is the kind of People that are going to have like weird nutting theories and then and, and things like that. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, Hunter. that's that's the sort of that's the sort of person that we're talking about here.
0: And then, last but not least, uh, I have a feeling this was going to be rather self explanatory. Yeah, old people.
1: Yeah, and and, and sadly, I, this is really. There's not, you know, just by natural cause, of course, there's just not as many people that are quite like this as they used to be. But, I mean, these are just the the, the folks around Pittsburgh that you just see on the front porch just with games on the radio every night and or on the TV in the kitchen, and, you know, they've, they're they asleep by the third inning, and, uh, you know, they, they don't actually get to as many games as much as they used to because they're, you know, they're terrified to drive in Pittsburgh after dark, you know, mm-hmm. but... I mean, they are, um, they're still loyal fans, you know, it's just, it's, it's kind of, it is sad. This is a declining demographic, but I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, my, like Jody's grandmother, I think would have been included in this because she would just have whatever was on KDK at the time, you know, while she was just outside of her house, like on a nice summer night, just listen to a game. Um, you know, sadly she's passed. Um, but there's, there's, you know, there's a number, there's still a lot of folks that are just like her that are still kind of hanging on to that sort of old school, sort of like Pirates fan mentality, you know, and they've been, these are also folks that have been through the really, really good times. And I mean, they're obviously very casual at this point, but I think they're also still very, very loyal.
0: What, What percent, total ballpark, but what percent of Pirate fans would you say are 65 or older?
1: What percentage of the fan base? Yeah. Um... I mean, in, in, yeah, I would say I mean probably still in the like thirty percent. I mean, you yeah, figure that, that's, um, that's you a figure good... a lot of the you figure a lot of the, the Florida folks mm. are still in that demo. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I, I think there's a lot that are between like that are basically like forty to sixty five though too. Whoa, I think there's a fair whoa, amount. whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa! Ah. Slow, slow down on the forty to sixty five. That's a
1: well, no, 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 no right? Yeah, a, I don't want to put us. Eh, never mind. We just put, I just put us in that category. That is a so.
0: broad, broad. That is bad. a broad
1: camp. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you get younger than that and you get into that like you know, that that baseball experience fans are like the roller coaster fans. And again, not that roller coaster fans are bad fans. I think roller coaster fans are actually very, very good fans. They just don't know how to fan yet. Yes. Um, quite right. So, um hmm. but yeah, I, I mean I, I think maybe it might be higher than that. And I think a lot of the people that are like the spring training crowd, those types of folks uh, the 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 move from from Pittsburgh to Bradenton crowd mm-hmm. would certainly be among, uh, would certainly be among this, this this subset as well too.
0: Well, I that was I enjoyed that discussion. Uh, you've yeah. you've really had some even brewing up some of those takes for a while. So, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, I had a I I had a I had a secret spreadsheet that I didn't want to. I didn't want to spill on you. So, yeah. So I was I was hoping to get a little bit more organic laughter. I I mean, oh, you got to... I don't think it's going to get picked up on the I don't think it's going to get picked up on the on the recording, but I heard you like choking back some laughs there. So, oh, yeah. like, but I didn't get any good good solid guffaws like I was I was hoping you'd break down and not be able to quite get there. But you were you were very very um a very resolute host, you know. So <laughs> I'm trying, very stoic. Trying to like the roller coaster fans.
0: Trying to be quasi professional. Yeah, right on. All right, so because of some of the successes at the major league team and you know, we've talked about, like we said, Mitch Keller quite a bit. We haven't really been paying a lot of attention uh to the minor leagues. Um, for good reason. You know, we've had a lot of good things to talk about, even in May. So thought it might be a good time for us to maybe look. Uh, We're nearing uh, the start of June, so it might be a good idea to look at some prospect breakouts in the system. And uh, I think we each
1: have three that we want to talk about. Uh, You want to start us off? Yeah. So, um, and and again, I think this is, we're starting to get into the sample size where you can really sort of say if a player is breaking out your past that 100 plate appearances um, by a good margin. You know what I mean? Like you mm-hmm. can make anything happen for, for 80 plate appearances, yep. you know, the, the, the folks now are there. This is more than a hot streak streak at this point. You know, this is like an extended run if they've been able to maintain this. And, and in all likelihood, these players have had some ups and downs at this point. So my number one breakout, and I do a four. So I'm going to, I do want to chat about all four of them. Sure. But, um, uh, but Henry Davis is actually my number one breakout. And, You know, obviously, he's been a well-identified prospect in the system. He went out number one overall in the draft. He was our number one selection, uh, you know, unanimous number one selection when we did our prospect rankings in the offseason. But I'm choosing him because he's really breaking out from a very, very good prospect to maybe an elite one. And I was actually kind of surprised when MLB Pipeline put out their updated list um, and that he wasn't rated either in the top ten or just outside of it. He actually barely moved up at all, uh, aside from the uh, you know natural attrition. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but he's had an incredible year. I mean, you know, we you, we don't need to talk ad nauseum about what he's doing. Uh, the reality of it is, is he should be um, not just in Indianapolis. He should be in Pittsburgh. And I think that the uh, just reading some tea leaves, I think that the Pirates' intention. Is at this point to just skip him over Indianapolis entirely. I think we'll see him in Pittsburgh before we see him in Indianapolis.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm very, very comfortable with saying I'd like to see him up here. He doesn't even need to catch. Just right field, DH. You know, let's do it. Let's try to inject some life into this offense, um, and just. It, you know let's let's see what we got here. Uh, it feels as if Endy is going to be the more refined defensive yep catcher. So let's start thinking about uh, Henry Davis's long-term future. So I, yeah I agree with you. I mean obviously we didn't really need to come out and say that one, but he has elevated up another tier, I believe, like you said. Okay, so I'm gonna go a little bit off the beaten path with my first one. And I'm going to go with Emmanuel Torero. Um, he's in low A. Uh, he's 20 years old, so it's good good, uh, good age for him to be there. And he's an outfielder. Uh, what I like about him is he's got, uh, obviously, or not obviously, he has a good batting average right now. His slash line is 309 421 on base percentage, and a four sixty four slugging. Uh, he has throughout his first two stops both in the Dominican League in 2021 and then last year in the Florida League he's drawn more walks than strikeouts and this year he has uh, 20 walks and 26 strikeouts so he's very close to that magic threshold again but uh, that 421 on base percentage really catches a lot of eyes he's 8 out of 10 for stolen bases got a couple home runs in there three triples so to me he's seems like he's got a lot of tools and he's someone that uh,
1: I'm now going to be very interested in tracking him throughout the year. Yeah, I agree. He's he's caught my uh, caught my eye as well too. Um, reminds me a little bit of Alan Hansen. Maybe does that seem fair? Like a, a fair early comp. Like I mean, obviously Alan Hansen. Yeah, he didn't really deliver. No in the the long run um i mean he he had a nice long cup of coffee mm-hmm. um but uh you know versatile played a bunch of defensive positions um but uh, you know at, at the same time good good k rate you know good walk rate mm-hmm. you know reasonable on both of those accounts a good nice chunk of power yep. so i mean similar age so yeah maybe i mean i don't think it's uh hopefully this guy just kind of puts it all together mm-hmm. you know in the upper levels
0: so who you got
1: next Okay, so I'm going to go with um, uh, Sung-Chi Chang. Uh, Sung um, he is uh, currently playing shortstop in Greensboro. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's uh, kind of an unsug prospect, but he's having a great year. Um, I mean, to, MLB Pipeline had him, had him as 29th in the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he keeps doing what he's doing right now, though, I think he might be a, uh, a fringe top 100 prospect. Um, so, I mean, he's... You know Greensboro is definitely like a a power park. Um, you know, uh, in terms of, not, I guess, not a power park is just a really like short fence, so it, it inflates power numbers. Uh, Cheng has four, five home runs, and I think four of them are on the road. Um, he's also got uh, you know a bunch of triples. He's a really good base runner. Uh, you know, hitting for average. I think he's, I, I think he's back to where he has. Uh, struck out as much as, or has walked as much as he struck out. If he, if it's not quite there, it's very, very close. Mm -hmm. So I mean, he's got a really strong hit tool. He's got a merging pop, Um, you know, and, and, and he may not stick at shortstop, but I mean, he's certainly going to find a defensive home. He's athletic enough. And I mean, he's a pretty good shortstop as far as I can tell.
0: Yeah. This, this is a great pick and I do agree with you pretty much across the board, especially the fringe top 100 um i could see him you know like you said be on the fringe or be in that honorable mention guy to watch category uh he is someone that's very intriguing to me as well the only caveat is that he is listed as five seven one fifty four, which
1: is yeah no problem with that midgety for for <laughs> a baseball for a baseball player for a baseball player it's fine not judging it's fine you can do it. Okay. i
0: will be fine. All right. So I'm going to go with, uh, I don't want to say he's uh, off the radar, but maybe for some casual people, they aren't aware of Thomas Harrington. Um, And he's a pitcher in the low A system uh, for the Pirates also. And he was a guy that uh, was drafted just last year, and he was in the, the compensation round. Uh, I believe he was around 36th overall pick, um, but he's gotten off to a great start this year. And we had I've had a, some folks come up to me, and they've said uh, that they believe they're from uh, one he works in a, another baseball organization. They have him rated as the best pitching prospect in the system. And, wow! Yeah, which I'm not a hundred percent ready to say that yet um but 27 innings 8 walks 28 strikeouts uh he's doing some good stuff um i'd really like to see him move up possibly mid-year yeah uh, uh feels like the guy that could maybe handle that
1: and um yeah we'll see where he's at uh at the end of the year he's a lot more impressive than i was expecting him to be so yeah. um you know I, I mean it sounds like his off speed stuff is pretty strong and it's pretty ready to go yeah um, it's, it's the slider you know, I, I think he's slider. gonna, slider's sick yeah. yeah and that's a relatively new pitch i think pirates prospects just or no 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 that was that was alex alex came out with that mm-hmm. uh, and, and mentioned it on um, one one of his uh, one of his days on pieces mm-hmm. like i saw it on twitter but um yeah, so that's a relatively new pitch for him, um, and it's, it seems like it's very, very successful, and I think he's a guy that's going to move rapidly through the system, and like I said, I agree with you. I think, he, I, I think by the end of the year, he is definitely at Greensboro, and I think there's a chance that he even makes it as high as Altoona. Yeah, that'd be amazing. All right, so who do you, who do you have next? So I have um I've got Trace Gonzalez um so he was a the 5th round pick from last year so not a I mean sort of middle round pick but um you know not a huge ceiling guy but at the same time I think he's got a chance to be a useful piece um seems to have a really solid hit tool uh he's uh, I mean hits for a little bit of power but um You know, he's just uh, he he started the year in Bradenton, was a little too old for the level, and now he's at. I know he's in Greensboro, and he's uh, he's still doing what he's doing. So, I I mean, do I think that he's an elite prospect? No, I don't. But I do think that he's a guy that's going to start moving into like the system top thirty lists very, very soon. Uh, And I think there's a good chance that he can become like a a good utility guy, or maybe a a piece that gets thrown in on on a on a trade you know, down the line, like, you know, so, I mean, I think he's a naturally a third baseman, uh, you know, the, the system is, you know, we're obviously key Bryan's in the majors. Um, I think he plays the outfield as well, though, too. I think he might play center. So I, I mean, he's a pretty versatile guy. You know, he's drafted as a third baseman. I think he's been playing the, uh, the outfield though, mostly this year, but, mm-hmm. um, but no, I, I mean, he's, um, he's going to be, uh, Uh, You know, at some point in time, you hope that the Pirates are going to put themselves in a position where they have to start making trades and they're going to have to start trading some guys. They're going to provide some value at the major league level to other teams. And I think he could potentially be one of those guys. But if the worst case scenario, again, I think he could be a a really good utility player for the Pirates. Mm -hmm. All
0: right. So my last uh, breakout, I'm going to go with uh, Owen Kellington. He was a fourth round pick by the Pirates in 2021 out of the hotbed of Vermont um, this is his first year in full season ball uh, and he's 20 and through his first 19 innings he has 28 strikeouts and eight walks and he's acquitting himself very well uh, I don't think he has quite the ceiling of a, of a Harrington that I just talked about but no he's definitely a guy that uh, you know he's gonna take a while to get through the system but I do think he could possibly uh, be a solid number 3 maybe a maybe a number 4 type of pitcher
1: yeah he was a um he was a hot mess last year yes he was uh in the in the limited amount of time that he pitched but he's come a long way in the past season you know young for level he's not going to overpower anybody but he's Um, he's kind of that classic, like sort of junker, you know, like, so he, a lot of movement on his stuff from what I understand, you know, he's got some, you know, fairly developed pitches, you know, um, but I mean, he's getting a lot of swing and miss at this point. Um, you know, whereas last year, like I said, he wasn't, you know, control was just all over the map. So he's, he's doing a heck of a job and made a lot of improvements this past year. He is going to be a fun one to follow. That's for sure. So. Um, my, my final pick is, uh, is maybe is, is along the lines of Kellington, but he's a little bit older, um, and a little bit more advanced. And that would be Sean Sullivan, who had another really good start today for yes. Altoona. Yep. Um, he's, uh, he's got a really strong ERA, um, again not going to really overpower people, but i mean he's got um he's got a, a lot of movement on the pitches from what i understand uh, i mean he can ramp it up I, I there was at least one pitch where uh where I saw this season, where I think he was in Reading, and and the the announcer commented that he got up to ninety five, so um, he can ramp it up a little bit. But I think he probably he's he's more about movement on his fastball than he is anything. So um, he's uh, you know, but I, I think he's an interesting prospect. I think there's, there's it reminds me a little bit of JT Rubaker in the sense that he was an underrated sort of college pitcher and nobody really paid any attention to him. And all of a sudden boom, he's in the majors, you know? So, um, you know, he's younger at level and, and shorter than, uh, than, than, than JT brew Baker doesn't have the, um, doesn't have the velocity either, but I I think he's a really interesting pick. And I, I think he's, You know, he could very easily slot into a middle relief role. He could very easily be a fourth or fifth starter um, and and do so in the fairly near term.
0: All right. So we talked about uh, the minors and we talked about everything but the major league team. But, you know, it's probably time to actually talk about the major league team and talk about some three
1: stars. Uh, Steve, you want to lead us off? Sure. So my third star would be Rich Hill. So mm-hmm. uh, I thought he had a very good start today against Detroit. Uh, I think he had an okay start that was a little spoiled by a, um, uh, by a, an error of his own doing, you know, the last time he pitched. Uh, but I do think that he was a, uh, I, I thought maybe he did a little better than that's than maybe his, his score line indicated after the last one. Um so I, I, I think he had a pretty good week. All, all in all, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm to a point now where I'm not like, well, here comes his turn in the rotation again, like I was the first two, three weeks of the season. I think he's actually been a pretty solid signing so far. Like, I, I enjoy watching him pitch. Um, You know, it's nice to have guys that were, but that are older than me and also were born after I graduated high school at, on the roster at the same time. That's just a really, it's a weird combination. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, so for my number three, I'm going to go with uh, Dari Moretta. Um, Today, a little recency bias, of course, but today he had a nice inning of work where he struck out the side. Um, In my opinion, it should have been his audition for the seventh inning role, which has been fumbled by Joanne Underwood and uh, Robert Stevenson in recent weeks. So uh, hats off to you. Um, I think he's been very good of late, uh, especially not allowing as many walks. His last five appearances now, he is not allowed a walk. And in that time he has, look at this, 11 strikeouts in his last five appearances with no walks. So that's my third star for the week.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good choice. So he's, uh, he, he was excellent today and I agree with you on the seventh inning role. Um, so my second star would be uh, a guy that we haven't talked really much about at all this year, and I'm going to the farms on this one, but Quinn Priester. Uh, again, he's had, a, he's had a couple of really, really good starts the last week or so. Uh, pitched through seven innings yesterday, I believe, nine strikeouts. And any time that Priester uh, or any guys that that the knock on them is they don't get enough swing and miss or enough strikeouts – Anytime that they can get enough, uh, or anytime they can they have more strikeouts and they have innings, I always appreciate that, and I think it's a good and exciting development. So hopefully, he can keep missing bats or getting called strikes or whatever it is that's happening for him, Um, because you know, like I said, he's he's an important piece, and uh, you know, if if he manages to develop into a middle of the rotation piece for the Pirates, then. Uh, the the franchise is just going to be all that much better for it.
0: Yep. So uh, my number two, it's going to be pretty basic. It's a guy that uh, it's no secret that I'm a fan of, and that's David Bednar. Um, my my dude has a .56 ERA. We're we're approaching June. Uh, that's kind of ridiculous, and. He who shall shall not be named was probably the most dominant closer of my pirate watching lifetime. Uh David Bednar's making a case that he's at least at least number three, but he's probably making a bullet for the number two closer of my lifetime. Uh my pirate watching lifetime. So uh David Bednar,
1: number two. Man, and, and over the last, you know, decade or so Uh, we've, we've had some really good pits, really, really good closers in Pittsburgh. Yes. Like there's really no way around that, you know? And, and I think it's, uh, to say that he's among the best is, is definitely a great compliment. So I, I don't even need to name him again. The number one star, and I'm sure you're on the same boat as me on this one is Mitch Keller. Um, I watched his start yesterday and, um, he was, just, or excuse me, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I'm, I watched his start on Sunday and he was just lights out dominant. Like, I, I don't know if I've seen a pirate starter as dominant as he was on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, the, the Orioles
0: are a really good team.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: it's not like he did that against, you know, some team like the Royals or, you know the May version of the Pirates. Uh, whenever you strike out 13 in seven innings, you're doing some work. And he's just continued it. Uh, I believe it's 16 scoreless innings now, with 21 strikeouts. So, or 16 innings in a row, I should say, with 21 strikeouts. So yeah, he's he's on a he's on a real heater right now. And yeah. every time he takes the mound, he's adding. Uh, at least a half a million dollars to his eventual contract.
1: (laughs) It's funny because we are, um, after all of our episodes, you and I have a little talk time and we usually look ahead and, and one of the things that we do is we look at that starter that we hope that we, or we look at the starters that are coming up in the next week and we're like, oh boy we missed so-and-so you know like mm-hmm. I, I think we we're real excited that we missed the starters that we missed against the blue jays but uh, that, that still turned out real well for that us worked out real well. um you know but it's getting to a point where i would imagine our equivalents for other teams are seeing keller or hoping to not see him in the three game set when they play the pirates yep. i mean that's for sure like I'm, I, you know, I'm looking at ahead at, at the, the diamondback series that's coming up and we got gallon, uh, Zach gallon has been just absolutely lights out, but you know what? Guess what? They gotta, they gotta deal with, they gotta deal with Keller. So, yep. um, yeah, it's, it, it, he's just at another level right now. Um, you know, and, and, and he, he, I think his season, if things continue the way that they are, are, are going to probably rival, um, Garrett Coles for me for the best, uh, in the last, you know, uh, 10 to 12 years as far as pirates go. So, I mean, really going back way further than that, too. I mean, it's yeah, you know, if, if it's not in the best of those 10 years, I mean, you gotta go back to the the, the early 90s to have anything that's gonna be even equivalent. So mm-hmm. um, but yeah, he's he's been terrific.
0: Yep. There's uh not a whole lot more that needs to be said about him. No. So yeah, we got the Diamondbacks uh on deck. They are Obviously good. Um, They've cooled off a little bit, I'd say. But like you said, they have a great pitching staff. Um, So it's going to be an interesting series. Uh, I just want to see the Pirates just make a little bit of traction. And then after that, they also are at home uh, against the Rangers, who uh, i got to say I like my chances against the Rangers. That's all. Hmm. I I just, that's not a team that I feel, I think they were buoyed by some early success, uh, especially with some of their pitchers, um, and now some of those pitchers are hurt, Mm -hmm. so
1: correct me if I'm wrong, but is DeGrom active, or is he? I don't believe he is, but I don't. Yeah, no no, he was he was very, very good, but I, I don't I, I think you're correct. I think he is hurt right now. Yeah, me, uh, yeah. So um, I, I don't follow the AL that closely, yeah. so
0: and then after that you're you're kind of looking at some guys that have, have regressed a little bit. Um, your John Grays, your Haney's and your Martin
1: Prezes of the world have kind of come back down to earth a little bit. So anyway. He, DeGrom is rehabbing right now. Yeah. So that probably means that it yep. probably means that we're gonna miss him.
0: Uh, I thought you said it probably means he comes off. The...
1: It, well, or you be to, I mean it might be that he comes off right. he yeah. he's, He takes a short rehab. Yeah. And uh, and and comes back. And so uh, it, just in time. Just in so. time,
0: blows the doors off of yeah. us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. That we have that. Yeah.
0: So whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, this is probably a good time to part company. And uh, again, thank you to all of our listeners, including you, Derek Shelton. Uh, Please put Connor Joe in the leadoff spot. Uh, If he's in the leadoff spot, the next time he's in the lineup, it is confirmed that you are listening. So we'll we'll test you out. All right. Uh, I am Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve dimas Thank you.